Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Thank you, Jesus.
God, the Lord bless you very well. We greet each of you once again in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We thank God for another opportunity to lift up holy hands without wrath or doubting. Uh, for the Bible lets us to know that it is God's will that men pray always. In other words, God wants you and I in a constant state of communion and communication with him. When you're talking about prayer, you're not just talking about you just going to God with a whole list of what you want and what you want him to do and what you want him to give you. That's not, that's not prayer. Prayer is a mutual exchange between you and God. It's a communication. It's you talking to God and you allowing God to talk back to you. 
See, if, if you can't have a conversation with somebody that, that, that you won't allow to talk. That's not a conversation. That's just you talking. Prayer is a conversation with God. It's us presenting to God what we desire, what, we, what we're looking for, and it's allowing God time to respond. Sometimes people tell me, oh, Apostle, we prayed for six hours last night. I'm like, yeah, good. Then I'll ask them, what did God say? Oh, oh. Well, see, if you just talking, that's not prayer. Prayer to God is when we talk to God and God talks to us. Now, if you're ever wondering how God is going to talk to you and I, he's going to speak to us through his word. That's the only thing that God speaks is his word. This is why when you study the scripture, you will find every time Jesus spoke to someone, whether it was the woman at the well, whether it was the multitude on the mountainside, whether it was his disciples in the Garden of Gethsemane, it's always written in red. Why? Because the only thing Jesus ever spoke was the word. And the only thing God is going to speak back to you and I is the word. Now, so in order to have a successful conversation with God, you've got to bring him what he talks. God talks his word. You've got to talk God's word to God, because that's all God is responding to in a positive manner, is his word. Yeah, you know, God shared with me some time ago, he said, Robert, you know, a lot of my people are asking me for things that, that I never planned to do for them. I'm like, Lord, we have to pray in accordance with God's will. So the question is, how do we find out God's will? God's will is found in his word. So in essence, what we're doing when we pray to God, we're talking about successful prayers, is we're bringing God's word back to him. We're bringing what he has already said back to him. That's all God wants to hear is what he has already said. He don't want your opinion. He don't want my opinion. He don't want what he thinks, what she thinks, what they think. God wants to hear what he has said because his word is perfect. Our word is not. His word is true. Our word may be and it may not. God's word, the Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You say, Apostle, what are you driving at? God wants us to conform ourselves to the word, not try to get his word to conform to what we want to do. See? Conform ourselves. Be ye transformed. The scripture says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds. Well, how do we renew our minds? In the word of God. Without the word of God, there will be no renewing of your mind. Without the word of God, there will only be your mind doing what it thinks is best. God doesn't want that. He wants us to be conformed. He wants us to be transformed by his word. Allow his word to infiltrate and take over our thought processes. Take over the way we do things. Take over the way we look at things. His word. So we're looking at things not from our race, our gender, our nationality, our life experiences. We are looking at things through the word of God. When we look at things through the word of God, we're seeing things like God sees things. See, God sees things. He sees. He, he, he's create, we've been created in his image and in his likeness. He sees things. He sees humanity, and he has spoken on humanity. He, he sees this generation that we live in. Now, to us, it may not look too bad. You know, things, the sun is shining, the wind is blowing, things look pretty normal. But when God looks at this generation we live in, the Scripture tells us in 2 Timothy chapter 4, God sees it as godless times. He sees it as perilous times. We look at our generation, we don't think it's too bad. Oh, it looks pretty okay. God looks at it and sees it as a wicked and adulterous generation. So it's not how we see things or how we think of things. We've got to hear from God as to how he sees things. Watch this now. What the Lord is bringing in my spirit. How many of you remember in Exodus chapter 32, verse 9, when God was talking to Moses on Mount Horeb? Now, the nation of Israel had come up out of Egypt and were doing all sorts of things. They were having orgies. They were getting drunk. They were making Aaron had made him a golden calf, and God was very upset with the nation of Israel. He wanted to destroy all of them at one time. And he told Moses, he said, Moses, I have seen these people, Exodus 32 and 9. I have seen these people. And God said, look, I, I've already seen these people. They are a stiff-necked 
people. Now, God said, leave me alone so that I may destroy them at once. Then I will make you into a nation greater and stronger than they. God said, look, I'm done with these, these Israelites. I, I, let me, leave me alone, Moses. Don't talk to me. Don't ask me nothing. Don't pray. Leave me alone. Let me destroy them. But the Bible says Moses sought the favor of the Lord. Moses started praying, oh, Lord, what will our enemies say? Oh, Lord. And God said, okay. God said, okay. He relented. He just he, he let Moses. But when Moses left Mount Horeb and began to go back down to the people in the camp, he heard the sound of merriment, the sound of feasting. Joshua thought it was the sound of war. Moses said, no, that's not the sound of war. That's the sound of feasting. That's a, and when he got back, Moses got back to the camp. He saw the people down there. Aaron had made them a golden calf. They were worshiping. People were getting drunk. People were having orgies. Moses got upset, took the tablets that God had given, and threw them and broke them. And in his anger, he began to rebuke the people. Now, you say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important because as long as Moses was up on the mountain with God and God who saw then what the people were doing, Moses didn't see it. So Moses was like, Lord, why should your anger burn against the people? But when he came down and he saw, guess what? His anger burned against the people. You say, Apostle, what you driving? And I'm seeing God just sitting back saying, mm-hmm. Now you see, uh, now you understand. See, while I was telling you about these people, you didn't want to believe that. But now that you have seen, now your anger is burning against people. Let's take, I want to take a look at that, saints. We're going we're gonna to take a look at that. Because, see, what we've got to do, if we don't see things like God sees things, then we'll be, we'll be wondering, why is God behaving like this? Why is God talking like this. Why is God, why is God, God said, because you don't see things like I, I see things. Go to Exodus chapter 32, verse 9. The Lord just kind of flashed this, and look at that. Okay, I'm in Exodus. I don't know why I'm in Exodus chapter 12. Exodus chapter 32, and verse 9. Now, this is, this is, this is early. The nation of Israel hadn't even started moving very well, you know, they just come out of slavery. A foreshadow of things to come. Look at Exodus 32 and 9. God says, I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. All right? Now Moses is up on Mount Horeb with God. Moses doesn't know what's going on in the camp. God is talking to see, see, God knows everything, past, present, and future. God is talking to Moses. But I'm hearing God saying, even though I'm talking to Moses, I'm seeing what's going on down in the camp right now. I see that golden calf. Now, I'm talking to you, Moses. How many times have you ever been talking to somebody and they're looking at somebody else? You know, a lot of times I do that when I get real angry with people. I'll be like, I'll be talking. I'll be talking to them, but I'll be looking somewhere else. God was talking. Moses was right here. But God was saying, look, I have seen Moses. I have seen these people. God said, look, I'm looking at them right now. I'm seeing what they're doing. Moses has no idea what's going on. He's up there talking to God and, you know, up there. God said, look, I have these people. I've seen these people. That's the first thing God said. And they are a stiff-necked people. Leave me alone. Now, from my experience, you know, there's been times the Lord has told me, Robert, leave me alone. I'd be like, okay, Lord. You know, sometimes I'd be asking God for something. or trying, I'd be like, leave me alone, Robert. It's best when God say, leave him alone, to leave him alone. It's just bad. God told Moses, leave me alone. Can you imagine the creator, our heavenly father, our, our very present help in a time of trouble is so upset that he don't even want to be bothered by you right now. He don't want to hear nothing you got to say right now. Leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them 
and that I might destroy them. Then I will make you into a great nation. But look at verse 11. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Oh, Lord. He said, why should your anger burn against your people? Now, that's what Moses asked. Moses asked, why should your anger burn? Because, well, the reason why Moses was asking that, because he didn't see things like God saw things. Because as soon as he came down and he saw what God had been seeing, his anger burned. Boom, that down to verse 15. That's what, get that last question. Why should your anger burn against what? Your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand. God doesn't even say anything else. God just like, okay, all right. And now the Bible says in verse 15, Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God. The writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. Now, when Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, there's a sound of war in the camp. Young Joshua, you know, he's a young fella. He don't really know what's going on. There's war. Moses, there must be war. Moses said, look, that ain't war, bro. It is, I know the sound of war, and that is not war. It is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp, saw the calf, the dancing, watch this. His anger burned. Now, I'm seeing God. I'm seeing God now, just kind of looking like, hmm, interesting. You were asking me just a minute ago why my anger was burning. And that was because you didn't see like I saw. You didn't see what I saw. But God says, now that you see what I see, now you understand why I was so angry. Hmm. God just looking now. When Moses approached the camp, he saw the calf, he saw the dancing, his anger burned. He threw the tablets out of his hand, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. He took the calf they had made, burned it in the fire, ground it in powder, scattered it on water, and made the Israelites drink it. He said to Amen, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? In other words, Aaron, what in the world is wrong with you? All this time, I've been speaking to you the mouth of the words of God, and you've been watching the, the plagues of God. You've been watching the, the power of God. You've been watching. Aaron, you were right there with me when the staff was thrown out in front of Pharaoh and it turned into the snake. You were right there with me when the plague of darkness has come. You were right. And now, look at what, look you. Now you, you're the one to make this golden calf. For the people, what did these people do to you? You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? A lot of times we don't, we don't, when we don't see things like other people, we can't understand why they're behaving like they do. But when you see like they see, then you can understand. We had a brother come over here years ago, the guy that sells me the tires for, um, for the vehicles. Big guy, big white brother in Christ, and every time he comes, we just sit down and we began to fellowship. And he told me something somebody had said to him uh, some years ago. They were questioning why he was behaving like he was behaving. And, and, and someone was saying to him, if I was you, I would do this and I would do that. And he said, he said, he said to them, he told me, he said, Pastor, I said to them that if you were me, you would do just what I'm doing because you would be me. <laughs> In other words, you know, God was see, there are individuals that can see things differently than we see things. Sometimes we wonder why people do like they do or behave like, because people see things differently. This is why we want to see things like God, because if we don't see things like God, we won't understand why God said this, why God did this. You remember when God sent uh, Saul to go and kill the Amalekites? He said he wanted to kill the men, the women, the cattle, the sheep, wanted to kill the infants, the kill, totally destroy all of these people. Now, when I first read that, I was like, Lord, why would you have infants killed? Why would you kill little bitty children? You know, what has a little infant done? What has a, what has a child done? And God gave me the revelation that God said, Robert, 
I know what that child is going to become. I know what that child will become. You see them as a little bitty infant. God says, I see what their future would be. Remember, Hitler was a little bitty infant one time. Mussolini was a little bitty infant one time. Some of the greatest men and women that have done, Jezebel was a little baby, baby girl one time. But look what she grew up to be. God says, I knew when they were babies what they were going to be. So God said, look, Moses, I have seen these people. God not only sees our past, children of God, he not only sees our present, God says, I see your future. All right. Now, we've been working for some time, children of God, on our, our last topic. What was that? What were we talking about? The right man or woman for the job. And we thank God for everything he shared with us. He actually uh, brought us back to a message he had given us back in 2012. We never developed the message. It was during one of our broadcasts, and the Lord gave us just the topic. And, and earlier today I was working on um, uh, working with the Lord to, to develop the message. But the topic was the same thing, different results. The same thing, different results. All right. Now, uh, just keep in mind that, that sometimes the, the, the definition of insanity by the world is this, doing the same things and expecting a different result. That's the world's, that's, that's part of the world's definition of insanity. But God wants us, the body of Christ to understand that sometimes doing the same thing can bring about very different Results. We're going to look, cap, look at capital A in our outline. Just put down deep water. Just keep, keep, we're going to deal today with deep water. Deep water. And we're going to take a look at the book of Luke, chapter 5, verse 4. Luke, chapter 5, verse 4. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Capital A, deep water. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father, for another beautiful day that you have made. Thank you, Father, for allowing us the privilege to wake up today, to be able to stand, to be able to speak. Thank you, Father, for food, clothing, shelter, for our needs being met. You promised to meet all of our needs according to your riches in Christ Jesus. Father, we pause reverently to say thank you, to appreciate you, to give you glory, honor, and praise. You have been better to us than we have been to ourselves. You have been better to us than we have been to one another. We ask, Father, that you forgive us this day of anything that we have said or done or even thought that has not been pleasing in your sight. We have not yet obtained all of this, just as Paul said to the Philippians. We have not yet been made perfect, Father, but we are pressing on in the name of Jesus Christ to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of us. He took hold of us that he might perfect us. And Father, we are taking hold of Christ in return that we might be perfected. We thank you, Father, for every gift in the body of Christ that is working to bring us to maturity, working to bring us to oneness in heart and mind, working to bring us closer to you. We give you glory, 
honor and praise. Father, we trust that as we study your word today to show ourselves approved unto you, workmen who need not to be ashamed, we pray that you will give us a right division of your word of truth. Give us a rhema word, Father, from your Logos word. Show us how these words from thousands of years ago are still applicable to our lives today. Father, as you do these things for us, we will continue to give your name all honor, all praise, all glory. Thank you, Father, in advance for doing these things for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Capital A, what? Deep water. When you think about deep water, what are some things that immediately come to mind? Deep water. That swimming pool. I was sharing with one of the saints in in Lakey yesterday that was looking at me through uh, uh, the camera, and they showed them the swimming pool. They said, said, Apostle, how deep is that water over by the diving board? I said, the water, and I reached up my hand like this right here. I said, that water is as deep as this ceiling in here. They were looking at me, and they said, wow. I said, wow. I said, the water is, is, is very deep. Deep water. Huh? Yeah, yeah. It's about, it's about eight and a half, nine feet. But when you think about deep water, what are some things that immediately come to mind? Deep water. All right, the ocean. What about the ocean? Give me some adjectives about deep water. You've got, you've got portions of the ocean out here in this dark blue that are up to seven miles deep. Seven miles deep. There are portions of the ocean where there are animals that are living and organisms that are living down at the bottom of the ocean in some of these places where the pressure is so great and it's so dark, some of those animals, they don't even have eyes. They're just born without eyes. What do they need them for? They live in darkness, perpetual darkness, seven miles deep water. All right. Recently, scientists, there have been some animals because of you know, earthquakes and, and, and changes in the atmosphere where some of these animals scientists haven't even seen before. They haven't even seen. They didn't even know that exists. But some of these animals have, have, and organisms have come up, and they have caught glimpses of them uh, on various cameras that they have on the ground. Animals and organisms they didn't even know exist. So what are we understanding about deep water just from that particular uh, scientific fact? All right, there's some things in deep water that are unknown to man. Not unknown to God but unknown to man. Now, God, what does Jesus say? Jesus says to Peter, put out into deep water. Well, what is God letting us know? That sometimes in order to receive the blessings of God, we've got to go a little deeper. We've got to go a little deeper in the word. We've got to go a little deeper in our, in our, in our prayers. We've got to go a little deeper in our study. That in deep water, there are some things that, that you don't know about. There are some blessings that you don't know about. There's some good things that you don't know about. So as we go deeper, God said, look, come on deeper, and you can find out some more about me. You can find out some more about what I have in store for you. You can find out some more about places that I want to take you, things that I want to show you, people that I want to. God says, come and look, put out into deep water. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water. And let down the nets for the catch. Well, as I just shared with you, there are some organisms in deep water that scientists have not even, they don't even know anything about. So when you put out into deep water, when you launch out into the deep, King James says launch out into the deep, expect to hear some things you haven't heard before. Expect to see some things you haven't seen before. Expect to, to experience some things in deep water that you haven't experienced before. Now watch this now, because we're still talking about same thing, different results. Now Simon and the other disciples, see, they had been in deep water before. They had worked hard all that night. In fact, that's the, one of the first things that Peter says. Simon answered, Master, We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Now, one of the things I share with congregations around the world, there are three responses to the word of God. Only one of them is going to please God and get you the blessing that you want. Three responses. 
The first one is what Peter did. Simon answered. You got some people that are answering God. God is telling them what he wants them to do, and they answering God. Simon said, look, he answered. We worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. In other words, people that are answering God, these are individuals that want to keep giving God a detailed explanation of what they've been through. God says, I don't need a detailed explanation of what you've been through. I know what you've been through. I know what you've been doing. That's why I'm telling you to do it a different way. God says, because I know that the way you've been doing it has not been working. Simon said, Lord. He says, Lord, Master. We've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. And I'm hearing the Lord in the Spirit saying, he doesn't say this, but I'm hearing the Lord in the Spirit saying, you think I don't know that? God said, you think I don't know what your prayers have brought? You think I don't know what your study has brought you? You think I don't, God said, you think I don't know? God said, this is why I'm trying to show you a more, what, excellent way. Peter's answering God instead of obeying God. But as long as we keep answering God, you see Peter doesn't have any fish. You see Peter still doesn't have any fish. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night. I'm hearing God in the Spirit say, I already know that. All night. We could come out of cutting this grass and working over on Knob Street and, and, and pulling up wheat, and there's a look on our face when we, when we have been working hard. God says, I know you've been working hard. That's why I'm telling you, put out into deep water. God knows how we've been doing things. And God says, I, I know how you've been doing things. I know what your result has been. I know how that's been working. God said, try it this way. Try it this way. Try it. Try it this way. So Simon answers. The first response that, that many individuals are answering God. Won't tell God what they've been through. Won't tell God what they've been doing. Won't tell God how, how things been going. Uh, God said, I know all of that. I know all of that. And I also know how that's been working, too. God says, because I see your results, too. God says, I see your results, too. Now, you're telling me about what, what you've been doing. I see your results. You take a student that's making, uh, I was very proud. One of the young people came in yesterday. They had, what, three A's on a report card and one B. A's are the top mark here. And in, in, in a, a young man had three A's and one B. Now, uh, let's say this same young man had come in with uh, three D's and an F. D is a very low grade. F is failing. If you come in with three Ds and an F. And I said, look, uh, son, you need to do some more studying. You need to study more. You need to take your work more seriously. And he started telling me how he'd been studying. You see, well, uh, Pastor, I, uh, I've been studying uh, 15 minutes. I don't need to hear that. I can see the results of what you've been doing. Because if what you had been doing had been so good, then I wouldn't see three Ds and an F. If what you had been doing had been so, then I would have seen much higher grades. So it is with Jesus here. Jesus, look now. If, if what you've been doing has been the best way, why are there no fish? Why am I seeing no fish? You were supposed to be catching fish. You've been working hard. I got all that. But Jesus said, what were the results? There are no results. See, results tell our story. Somebody come in here uh, weighing 400 pounds, and they want to tell me about how good their exercise program is, 400 pounds, overweight. And, uh, oh, man, oh, Apostle, my exercise, I might. You can't. Your results are showing me. Jesus said, I'm looking. Jesus says, what I'm trying to do is give you better results. What God is trying to do for each one of us, children of God, under the sound of my voice, he's trying to give us better results. God wants to give us better results in marriage. He wants to give us better results in ministry. He wants to give us better results in our, in our relationships. So this is why God 
will show us a different way. Watch, God will show us a better way because he wants us to have better results. People that end up in hell end up with the very worst results. That's the worst results in, in creation is when you end up in hell. That means that whatever you had going in life was wrong, and you ended up now with the worst results. God wants us to have the best results. Jesus said, put out into deep water. Let down the nets for the catch. Simon answered, Master, we worked hard all night, haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I will let down the nets. Now, this is the second group. This is the second group of people responding to God. He now agreed with the master. He now agreed. Now, you say, Apostle, what is it? That's a good thing, isn't it? Only if it's preceded by action. Because, see, you can agree with God all day, but if you still don't do what he says, you still haven't caught any fish. Even with Peter's agreement, Master, because you say so, I will let down the net. His agreement still has not brought him any fish. Apostle, what does that mean? That means you can say amen all day to the word of God. You can agree with the word of God all day in your, in your mind or in your heart. But if you don't do what the word of God says, you still won't get the results. I start telling you, all right, you, you need to exercise. I was talking with one of my former students earlier today who has gotten much larger over the, the 20 years since she has been out of school. And I was like, uh, how much do you weigh? She didn't want to tell me that. And I said, oh, okay, I know, and we must, it must have a serious problem. I said, well, you need to, you know, you got to cut down on your eating. You know, she was like, yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right, Pastor, that's right. I said, you got to start exercising more. I said, because weight, excess weight will kill you. That's one of the major killers of people here in the United States. That's right. Pastor, that's right. She was in agreement. But the question is, have you taken the agreement with the truth and put the action with the truth? Now, watch this. And the Bible says, so, what, so we've got people that are answering God still haven't gotten any fish. People that are even agreeing with God, agreeing with the word, agreeing with the, still haven't gotten any fish. But the Bible says in verse 6, when they had done so. Third response to the word of God is action. Don't just tell me you know that everyday worship is good for us. Don't just tell me you know that exercise is good for you. us. Don't just tell me you know that sharing is good for us. Do it. Do it. When they had done so, God wants to see us do it. Not answer him, not just agree with him. God wants to see it done. Do it. Do it. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. You say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? When you and I do the word, you and I will receive the blessings of the word. Very simple. When we do it, when we do it, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in other boats to come and help them. Well, what is happening here? That the blessings of God were of such a magnitude in the lives of these disciples that they had to share it. They, they, they felt like they had somebody else has got to enjoy this. We want to be to such, we want to, be to such a place in our walk with God that, that he has blessed us to such a magnitude that we feel compelled to share. These disciples had been blessed. They had caught so many fish. God had blessed them with so many fish. Now, they went from having caught nothing. They went from having worked hard all night and caught nothing to just operating in a simple act of obedience to catching so much now that they, they, they had fish to spare. We want God to bless us to the place where we've got word of God to spare. 
We want God to bless us to the place where we've got clothing to spare. We want God to bless us to the place where we've got rooms in our home to spare. We want God to bless us to a place where we got to signal partners in other boats. We got to signal other churches, other saints to come and help us so that they can be blessed as well. The Bible says they signaled their partners in other boats to come help them. They came, filled their boats so full that they began to sink. Bible says when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So they put their boats up on shore, left everything, and followed him. God had got you, child of God. Just keep that in mind. God got you. You know, that's one thing, that's one thing I have to keep in mind. Sometimes I be in countries and nations, I don't know nobody. You know, I be just just pop up in a country and a nation. People don't even speak what I'm speaking. You know, I'd be like thousands of miles away from home. But God be like, I got you, Robert. And every single time he will send a worthy person, he will send somebody that, that, that he will use. Because God uses men. He uses women. Now, what we want to do, children of God, is we want to allow God to use us. We are instruments. So everything, as we talked about some time ago, everything in this church building, it's an instrument for a reason. You know, I look at the laptop computer. Many of you all out there, the reason why you all are able to hear us in the four corners of the earth, I had a guy uh, contacted earlier today, Nigerian friend of mine who, who recently married, Pastor Emmanuel. If you're watching, God bless you. Today he, he contacted me this morning. He said, Apostle, my wife, they, he's moved to the U.K. He just left Nigeria a few days ago. He's joined his wife in the U.K., and I was speaking with them on Skype, and uh, he told me, he said, Apostle, my wife watched you all, uh, watched the broadcast on YouTube last night and was greatly blessed. Well, that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for this laptop computer that we're using. It wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for YouTube giving us the opportunity to, to share God's word around the world. You look around. Everything is an instrument. Everything in here, this map. It's an instrument. I can go to this map and show you where the saints are from that are visiting us here in Nigeria. I can go to this map and tell you uh, the, the, the route we took when we went up into Alaska on the inner passage. On the, I can look at this and tell you the, the countries we visited in Central America. Everything is an instrument. The table. How will you all have a time holding your Bibles and your, your uh, writing utensils without the table? Without the chairs, you'd have a time. You'd have to be in here standing. If it, but everything is an instrument. Everything in creation is an instrument. You and I, children of God, we are instruments. This keyboard, I don't know how we would play a, a melody to the Lord without this keyboard. It's an instrument. You and I are instruments. We have specific purpose and specific function. Now, when you get instruments that, are, that don't want to do their function, if you, I'm talking about you now, think about an instrument that, that, that doesn't want to do its function. You've got a, a pen that doesn't write anymore. You've got a car that won't start anymore. What do you do with instruments that do not carry out their function? Throw it out. And that basically is what hell is. It's for individuals and beings that didn't want to operate in their function. So basically God has thrown them out into hell. Now, you don't want to get sent to hell any more than I do, I'm sure. Then let God use you for the purpose in which you have been created. We have all been created for a reason and for a purpose. You are in the church, in the ministry that you are in for a reason, for a purpose. If you won't carry out your purpose, if you won't carry out your function or what, why you, then you're not needed. Not needed. So let us, care. let us do what we have been put in place to do. God created you and I for a reason. 
And it's not just to take up space. God has created us to make things better. A light that won't come on. But, you know, we just, didn't, we just, didn't we just finish changing light bulbs in here? Didn't we just buy some light bulbs because the lights wouldn't come on? Those other light bulbs that wouldn't come on anymore, what do we do with them? What would you do, Praise. Remember? Throw them in the trash. Why? Because they weren't, they weren't serving their purpose. What, what good are you? The light bulb, you're just taking up space. You're not coming on. You're not doing what you're supposed to do. So why, why are we going to keep you up there? No, let's get rid of you and get some light bulbs in here that will work. Everything has purpose. You. Me. When you operate in your purpose, your God-ordained purpose, you are useful. If you are not operating in your God-ordained purpose, you are, you're just taking up space. Launch out. We're talking about what? That deep, same thing. Now, these disciples, they did the same thing that they had done. They had done it all night. Hadn't caught anything. But they made one little change. They did it after the Lord had told them to do it. And now they had a miraculous catch of fish. You say, Apostle, what does that mean to me? Sometimes we're not receiving what we're looking for because we, 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 you know, we're doing a thing, but God hasn't yet told us to do that thing. They did the same thing that they had been doing the night before, but they did it after the master said do it, and now they got very different results. What's our topic? Same thing different result. Same thing. Fishing. They were fishing before, hadn't caught anything. Master told them, launch out into the deep. They fished again, and they had a great, great catch. I want to encourage you under the sound of my voice. Whatever you've been doing, do it after God has told you to do it, and watch the different results, and watch how you will be blessed. Deep water. Jesus told them, put out into deep water. Let down the nets for a catch. God said, look, you worked hard last night, didn't catch anything. Are you sure I told you to, 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 let, to go out there and do that? Because Jesus said, when I'm telling you to do it, put, down, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Jesus said, look, when you let down your nets this time, there's going to be a catch. Because when God tells you to do a thing and you do it, you will always be blessed. God bless you, children of God, and may heaven smile on you. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank you today for your wisdom, your knowledge, your understanding. Thank you for opening blind eyes today in the name of Jesus. I am not physically present with your people all over the world as they are hearing these words, but I know that your word cannot come back to you void any more than the rains that leave the heaven to the earth go back to heaven's void, but they do what they have been purposed and accomplished to do. So it is with your word, Father. As your word has gone forth in the four corners of the earth, we know that hearts and minds have been changed. We know that blind eyes have been opened in the name of Jesus. We know that deaf ears have been unstopped. We know, Father, that someone today has gained a revelation, gained an insight, gained an understanding that will help them to better do what you have created to them to do. We trust, Father, that you have been pleased with the words of our mouth, the meditations of our heart. We pray that they have been acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our God, our strength, and our Redeemer. Watch over us, Father, as we part from this house of worship until we meet again. May your name be glorified, and may you guide our footsteps and our path. In Jesus' precious name we pray, amen and amen. God bless you, saints, and heaven continue to smile on you all. Amen. How is everyone this morning?
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.